For most to, to generalize, that it's easier for us to see the big picture. I could be wrong, maybe different, you know, situations and stuff. But you think of like just in the way of goals. Like somebody can come up with a goal. I want to run a marathon, I want to do this, that. You know, fitness, like whatever. We can do that. That's a bit of the the big picture. Now it's like, okay, what are the little tiny mundane, like can you think small Mm. in right now, in the present moment? Okay, what does that look like right here, today, now? And that's, and, and I don't know, maybe for some it's easier to think small and it's difficult to think about, you know, big and grand goals and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I think people are, we're kind of naturally like dreamers. We have this imagination. We can dream and imagine things. But then it's the the difficult work of the, um, you know, thinking small. At least how I, I think about it. I remember writing a short article. It was like thinking big and small, you know, mm. at the same time. Yeah, well, you raise an interesting point because I'm just thinking about this on a project basis. When you when you start a project, you obviously you have a goal. It's like let's build this building or something like that, and then you basically have to make a plan for how you do that. But it's interesting that it's very rare that projects go quicker than you think, or the scope. It's very rare that the scope reduces. It's mm. far more likely, like astronomically. large that you're actually going to add scope to the project because it's so hard to think down and know exactly what work is required to do things this is why estimating is so freaking hard and it's also why uh you know for those who don't know like if you if you actually do an estimate for a project time or money for a quote or something like that, you always throw on like a margin. You throw on like 25%, you throw on sometimes even 50%. And it's because you just don't know. Like you understand that there's a certain percentage of stuff that you're not even thinking about that you have to do in between this and that. And so it's like, it's so crazy that it's not even close. Like we, we, we underestimate how complicated things are by a huge margin more than we ever would do the opposite it's kind of hilarious, though, in in a way of, um, I mean, what's the reason for that? Is it the, it's obviously like the uncertainty thing. Like, we don't know, as you said, like what's coming. But it's it's also, even though from a theoretical level, don't we know that everything is interconnected? It's like we know it, but really we don't. Mm. And it's like... As we get into that particular project, there's things that are connected that are now influencing and raising costs or increasing time that we just didn't even 
weren't even aware of. Yeah. Um, there's kind of an arrogance and uh, I know maybe that's not the thing of coming from it, but someone that doesn't do what you do and maybe hasn't experienced that many times over, you know, there is a bit of an arrogance of like, you know, some sort of home improvement thing or whatever it may be. You know, you, you do this little thing, you come up with a little plan, you think it's going to take you 60 days and then six months later, you know, you're you're actually finishing it up and it costs twice as much as you you actually thought. Yeah, well, let's maybe, maybe we can go through a little example here, because it's like if you think about climbing a mountain, so you're looking up at the top of the mountain and you're thinking, OK, that's probably going to take me like a day to get up there. But then when you start climbing it, you realize that, uh, OK, well, I can't actually walk as fast up a mountain as I can on the street, which I'm using to estimate that time. Therefore, <laughs> because the ground is uneven, that's going to take away a certain amount of efficiency. So you can throw on, say, let's throw on an extra 5% for that. But then you get going and then you realize that actually there's there's a few trees that are fall down in the way. Now I have to figure out how to get around that. That's a huge thing. Then you find out there's a river crossing the path as well and you have to, you know, that was not supposed to be there. Then you see a bear sign and you're like, holy shit, I don't want to go up that road. So let me take the long way around. So, the, <laughs> so there's all these things that like you you just you really don't know and it is you're right like it's humility accepting that and knowing it but it's interesting you can actually get better at that the more you practice it and you can kind of structure it down so for example there's there's something that you do with ships called dry docking you put it up on a on land and you do a bunch of repair work it's pretty standard what you have to do for it so it's not like anything unexpected but the scope can change quite a bit the best companies in the world have it narrowed down to that they know within like 5% what, what it's going to be. So when you set a project, you have a budget. If you're not, uh, let's say, as as great as making the budget, you might have like plus or minus 50, well, plus really. You, you'll throw on like an extra 25, 50% and make sure you have that money ready for when shit hits the fan. Now, what companies will do good, good companies will do over time is they'll slowly structure that down and get their specifications right and the scope right to the point where you can slowly reduce that margin for error. So now you can slowly, you know, maybe now we only need 40%, then 30%. Like the best companies in the world, it's like 5%. And that's still, if you think about it, like a, a lot of these cost at least 2 million bucks. 5, 5% is like 100 grand, right? So it's not even... It's not even like a small amount of money, but it's still even like the best companies in the world can only get it within 5%. It's it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it really is. Like what is that type of um, – like what do we call that in terms of daily life? Like is there a mindset <laughs> that's associated? Because I mean – is that the reason that we get frustrated with like the individual goals that we set or like our individual mm. projects is because essentially it just doesn't go as, as planned or something, you know, there's vacations or this thing comes up. Like if, you know, simple terms of fitness and, or diet or something like that, you know, you set some sort of metric and there's these things that, that come up, um, I mean, is that just like psychological flexibility or something to be able to, hmm. you know, adapt and, and be flexible through those those changes or what? What do we do? Hold the hold that goal and, and timeline lightly or something? Well, I, I think it's a 
couple things. I think, uh, well, actually, I think probably the biggest reason is that we tend to think of progress as linear. And mm-hmm. when we're talking about like day-to-day life, self-improvement, we think of it as like this linear graph, like, okay, every day I'm going to get up at seven. And then if I do that, it's, it's going to linearly improve my life. And that's actually not how it works at all. It's like you get a little bit better each day. And what that does is makes you a tiny, tiny bit better. And you're not even going to notice it. It's like you go to the gym for a week. You're not going to notice anything. You go to the gym for a month. You might notice a little bit, but, you know, not really. Go for six years. Go for 10 years. You're not even the same person. You're a completely different person. And I mean that genetically. Like things change in your body when you do something for that long. So I think what you we, – we assume that like it's like this linear path when in reality when you start making progress on something, it's minimal, minimal, minimal. But it's also exponential, meaning once you start – you reach a point where you've come far enough that that exponential actually starts working for you and then you get that accelerated growth near the end of it. So it's called like the Pareto distribution, but it's – yeah, I, I think that's like a huge thing. And, and I know this might not sound practical, but – just to use a simple example, if you get 1% better at something every day, that puts you like 1.01 to the power of 365, which is like a really high number at the end yeah. of the year. Yeah, I've always heard it said it's like we overestimate what we can do in a year and then grossly underestimate what we can achieve in 10 years or, or something like that. Tony Robbins. Uh, you think? Yeah, I think it's Tony Robbins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I there's. <laughs> you hope not. <laughs> no. Well, no, I don't. I don't necessarily care. But I mean, yeah. in terms of, uh, there's probably literally like a thousand people yeah. that said that and came to that conclusion before. <laughs> right. It's so right. funny in terms of. Uh, it's like we go back to maybe in um, like Western philosophy. You know, you go back to like pre-socratic philosophers and then it's like there's just millions of people even before that we just have no no idea um it's so funny i think i read the uh i think i read something like that from the poet goethe he said something like you know any good idea that you've ever had like remind yourself that it's already been thought of a thousand (laughs) thousand times it's a good humbling type of that of a thing. Um, but let me ask, like, is Seneca, in a way, not necessarily wrong, but the the popular quote where it's like, knowing what port, you know, any wind is favorable. Like, I wonder how much he even, because, I mean, that port could be that big grand goal per se you know Mm -hmm. you think of it maybe like a destination where you read a lot of his other writing and it's not it's it's very much in the small it's very much in the you know live immediately here and now so it's like really just a direction not necessarily like the port in the way of a final destination and he may not mean it that way but just in the way of hey cool just Know your direction. Move a little bit closer to that. Hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, actually. I don't know if it stemmed from our conversation, our most recent conversation, but I think you need kind of 
I think you need two goals in life. Yeah. Especially if you're a stoic. So I think you need, you need that, that spiritual goal, I suppose we could call it, right? You need that, like, I'm going to be a person of virtue. And I think, I think that's obviously really important because I think that leads to flourishing. But I also think that you can achieve that unless you have a worldly goal. Because you need to develop yourself and teach yourself the virtues. And in order to do that, you need to accomplish something. It's like, how are you going to learn discipline if you don't get up and and go to work and practice discipline? You know, how are you going to learn how to deal with people that are rude if you don't actually put yourself in a position to deal with people that are rude? Like it's anyone can be virtuous if you're by yourself, having no access, no interaction with any externals. That's of course you're going to be virtuous. <laughs> you, you got no, yeah. you you got nothing to piss you off, right? But so you need, I think, a worldly goal to kind of achieve that, and that's what I've been thinking lately with what sports, particularly strength training, has done for me. Is it has been one of those mediums by attaining that goal of becoming stronger. I develop my character along the way. What was the what was the first type of goal you said? What did you call it? I call it maybe like a spiritual goal or something like to to be a person of virtue, basically to flourish, which is the goal. Yeah, but, why do you need why do you need that and why is that I know you don't love uh, uh, the way you said it, you don't love the you know, spiritual in terms of name of it, but hmm. why do you need that over just um you know, in your view over just the worldly? I I just I don't think you can I don't think you'll be in peace. I don't think you can flourish without that. Yeah, I don't think. What about in um practical terms of not the worldly and in in spiritual, but whatever you want to call it. Like I want to we always go I feel like I always think of the <laughs> strength training yeah, yeah. example, but it's easiest to it's understand, so and we're both yeah. both into it. Um, yeah, but like in terms of, I want to deadlift four hundred pounds, but you know, maybe in a basic like day to day, you know, worldly in the worldly category, like as you were talking about. I want to go to the gym five days a week. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I mean, I think like big and and small or something like, you know, whatever you would want to call those things. Do you need the, the first one? Do you need the, and maybe you don't need a date by it. You know, I don't need to put like an actual date at this point. I want to be able to run a marathon or do this or deadlift 400 pounds. Do you even need that at all? Like, can it just be enough for the, hey, I want to go to the gym. I want to get after it five days a week. Yeah, well, I don't I don't think you need a specific goal per se. Uh, and a lot of athletes are probably going to disagree with me on this. But I, I don't think – I think it's a, it's a motivating thing for sure because this is the other thing too I think about a lot is that we think about philosophically what would be the most virtuous thing. But then you think, well, what's going to actually motivate people to to do that? Like a lot of times, for example, if you if you work with a brand new athlete and you tell them to do what high level athletes do, focus on the process. Don't worry about the results. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Just put the quality into what you're doing. Be present. If you tell them that, man, they're not going to show up. 
you like you have to you have to dangle a carrot in front of them being like if you show up yeah 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 normally i think because first of all i think that's one of the initial reasons why people get into such things until you start to realize the the more important benefit which is that of like mental resilience and strength you kind of got to like it's like no i just want to gain a bit of muscle i just want to get stronger and yeah. i so i i I agree and I disagree. I think that you don't – I think a lot of people that are – that may, a lot of people may need that for the motivation, but I don't think you really need that if, if your thoughts are, I guess, aligned properly with the deeper goal of just like mastering the process itself. The um, – if you think in terms of like the stuff we talk about, you know, the first thing you mentioned, like virtue, character, like flourishing, that isn't that like kind of ambiguity, you know, there's ambiguity in that mm -hmm. oh, compared to I want to deadlift 400 pounds. You know whether you did that or did not. But then in the other thing, and that's the thing like in terms of the um, like spiritual or like worldly, like how do you even, how do you even have a goal of that? You know, like that deal, like virtue is its own reward. And you're saying the same thing in terms of the strength training. You come to realize that it's its own reward, you know, whatever happens down the road. Uh, it's great either way. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Like, is there a, such a thing? Do you ever think about character or virtue? How can you even make a goal um, for that that was tangible and objective? Is it just not possible? No, it's definitely possible because I think, in fact, that's what I that's what I try and do with with my own life and also with people that kind of ask me for advice on this because I think. <laughs> I think I completely agree that whole virtue thing. And then even if you take it another level down, okay, let's say virtue is the cardinal virtues, justice, wisdom, courage, and temperance. Let's say that's virtue. Even that's like so abstract. Like what the hell does it mean to yeah. to be courageous really? Like on a on a again on a practical level, like how do we implement that today? And so I guess what I I try and think about this is like like what daily habits are you going to do that's going to align with that? Uh, and I, and I know I know I told you this example before, but forgive me. But it's like if you go, if you make it an effort to be present, to say good morning to your spouse every morning and mean it, genuinely mean it. You you can actually do that and develop that as a habit. And then what happens is you start doing that, and you don't even think about it. So. If you do that long enough, normally it's like 21 days or something like that. It becomes a habit. That is a virtue that you've and – and it is a virtue by the very fact that you do it regularly. That's what makes it a virtue. That's what makes you a virtue. Like a virtuous person is just a person with virtuous habits. But then, but it's so confusing to go the other way. It's so confusing to take virtue and then dissect it down. But there is that connection, right, because obviously that's like an act of – kindness and pro-social which kind of feeds into justice uh and and i guess that the fundamental nature of stoicism which is pro-social but um but yeah i don't know i don't know if that helped at all like what do you think about um i don't know 
another weird conversation that we're having. Oh here. yeah, let's let's get weird with it in terms of uh, to use the example like any sort of virtuous act, like an act of kindness. It's a bit different in the way of uh, like deadlifting 400 pounds. You know, you go, you're able to do it. Maybe you're able to do it the next day. Probably. You know, but over time, that number may go down, you know, depending on your training, uh, et cetera, et cetera, all sorts of stuff. But when it comes to like virtuous acts, like the virtuous life, could be a hundred days in a row of this act of kindness to your spouse in the morning. Then it could just stop. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, and then what? Like you go from, you could go from virtuous acts one day. And as we talked about in the show, the inside man, theoretically, like a murderer the next. Yeah. You know, where some of these other things, I mean, I guess the same, you know, in terms of strength training, there there are, you know, you could get injured and, you know, different, all sorts of things could, could happen where the very next day you could not lift anything or even walk or something like that. But it's, it's never some sort of like fixed thing, mm. you know, yeah. you're, you're just never... You've never arrived. You've never checked the box. That goal essentially can never like be met. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I guess it can, but in a way it can't like moving forward. It's like just one, one at a time, which is kind of weird in the way of goals. I, I don't know. Maybe it is the same, but no, that's no. weird to me. Well, that's that thought. When I think of that, it scares the shit out of me. And, 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 and here's why. So we've already established, and maybe let me, because I'm just, I need, I need to do the number here. I don't know if I can get the, let's see. So if we go, so we, we established earlier that if you go 1% better every day, uh, basically you get, I don't know how to use this cal, uh, this calculator. You don't have a calculator on your desk, do you? Let me no. see. No. 365. Error. All right. Well, let's just say if you get 1% better every day, you get somewhere so far in a year that you can't even possibly imagine it. The other end of that is if you get 1% worse a day, you also end up somewhere that's just, like you're the underground man at that point, right? But uh, – and I, I know you want to get in here, but let me just say yeah. one thing because this is <laughs> – because this very thing is what scares me. I know that's true and I also know that life's default state – is not staying the same. It's regression. So if you do nothing, you get worse over time. If you do something, yeah. hopefully, and this is so this is so true with strength athletes, especially at the high level. If you're lucky, you can maintain your strength. But if you do nothing, you're getting weaker and weaker and weaker. You can work your ass off just to maintain your yeah. strength. Yeah. And that's the thing that in terms of 1% better, sometimes, you know, in self-help, like the hashtag growth or something like that yeah, is a bit, I think it's misleading. I think it's like confusing in the way of, can, 
like, can your character really get 1% better? I, I guess in the way you can, but not really because it's not, it's not fixed. Yeah. You know, it's not the same as in terms of this strength. I guess it's, it's similar, but man, you can take a drop off. Like it's not a perfect analogy because it's like essentially like a strength athlete from one day to the next even just like a real bad day, you know, there's going to be a, a drop off. But it's like in terms of character and our actions, like we can go from virtuous to the underground man from one moment to the next. I mean, you, you can just completely fall off a cliff and then pick yourself at, back up and learn from it, reflect on it, press on. Um like it seems to be such a different uh, project, you, you and can, it's um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You can I don't know do why that, I think that's important. Well, you can do that with uh, you can do that with exercise too. That you can get into a motorcycle accident or a car accident, and then all of a sudden, I mean, I've had it. Yeah, actually, this is interesting. This is a better example because what happens sometimes, I'm sure you've experienced this when you, uh, sometimes when you train. And you might be fatigued or you might be sore somewhere. What ends up happening is if you're squatting, for example, and your spine kind of moves in a weird way, your body will overreact. And it's hard to say overreacting because it's protecting. But what it's trying to do is it's trying to protect the spine. So what it'll do is it'll, it'll compress all the muscles around your spine. And if you're a strength athlete, those are really, really strong. So what ends up happening is uh, you you squat, your spine moves in just a just a weird way, and it's it very likely not even damaging the spine at all. But your body freaks out. Holy shit! Let's not break our spine. Squeezes those muscles really tight to the point where you can't even breathe. And and I've had this happen to me several times in in my in, since I've been uh, strength training. And so you all of a, all of a sudden you go from someone who can squat like all this weight to someone who's lying on the floor can't even walk, can't even get up, can't even breathe. And that goes away really fast because it is just an overreaction. There's nothing actually yeah. damaged. It's just an overreaction. So I think the same thing can happen with sports. But uh, but I know we, I understand what you're saying about being becoming one percent better as virtue with virtue. But I think you you can. I just think it's harder to measure. Like like what does that mean? <laughs> mm. You know, like maybe you could say, okay, I got. Uh, 24 hours in a day, so 16 waking hours. How many of those am I? are my actions aligned with virtue? Like you could measure it like that. But like how would you practically do that? It's really, really hard to do. Yeah. I, I think it's just important to, for me, like in my mind, to really understand. And I, I, I like that example that you, that you bring up. That it's, it's unpredictable. Like it's uncertain. You know, we are like you're lifting one day, the very next, some small thing can change this and that. And the same thing with our, I think, like our actions and character. And obviously, we can get better at this, but you think in terms of uh, whatever term of uh, like people say, like triggered or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't mean like that, but somebody could say something in a certain way, and you know, you find yourself. <laughs> In just a bad spot without a lot of sleep the night before, 
you know, you skipped, skipped lunch, you know, they catch you in not the greatest moment in the world and you react, Yeah, you know, in a, in a really unvirtuous way, which obviously I think we agree in that because we talk about in terms of the darkness and understanding, you know, what we're potentially capable of. Um, but it's a, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Uh, uh, I, I like the existentialists in terms of talking about that type of stuff. Like to mm. me, there's not a lot of um, that extreme nature of change. Like you're constantly becoming. Like you're never fixed. They they seem to all tend to write about it in in similar ways of that. I, I don't. I, I find it mm. find it important for some weird reason. I almost wonder, what do you think about the idea that you don't actually have virtue or have strength? You just completely, you just borrow it. Cause it, this is how I feel when I have those situations where like literally I'm not, I'm not being like dramatic about this. I, when this happens, you wake up the next morning and you can't, it's hard to get out of bed. It like you feel, honestly, you feel crippled because everything is just so tight, even though you know, the rational mind is telling you that this is just going to calm down and it's just an overreaction. It's still, you, you can't walk. And obviously I don't, I don't enjoy those times, but I also, I kind of enjoy it from a, from a mental perspective because I always, it always just kind of humbles me and reminds me that, yeah, I'm thinking I'm a big shot squatting all this weight, but like it can be taken away in a second. Oh, completely. And I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even add the fact that you're borrowing it. I get what you mean, and I understand that. But it's, um, I don't know. There's something to me in the way of some extreme present moment, weird, weird stuff, kind of, of, you know, it's like being time, like the idea of, in a way, like, you know, history, the past, it's just honestly just gone. You know, it's just like a memory. It's just like your, <laughs> it's like your memory, which who's to say is even accurate. Like, I'm not saying history didn't necessarily like exist, mm. but it's like, you know, what's the best way to think about it? You know, Seneca, the whole future lies in uncertainty. Like, don't. Who gives a kick? You know, mm. just do, just live right now, like reminding ourselves just constantly. But the same applies to the past. It's just, it's nothingness. But this, like, time is flowing like a river and you are moving with time. Like, you are that river. You're just moving right along. Now, you could, like, sit back and you're basically like in my mind taking in the sights. Like say if you're moving mm -hmm. in this river of time, yeah, you're taking in the sights along the way and the experiences that happen, but they're gone. You know, they're back there. You're moving forward in time. It's just a memory at that point. Um, yeah, it's weird, but I do think there is something important about reminding like you know how you go to uh like some sort of extreme 
you know, like Aristotle said, it's like crooked, you know, the stick is crooked. You got to, you know, bend it farther the other way to straighten it out. You know, mm. I think the Stoics do some of this stuff where it's like, go to the extreme. Yeah. So you maybe kind of get a little gist of it. Right. You know, um, but I don't know. I, I, I find, I find that to be really really useful it's so easy to like live in the past and the future and all of that stuff let me let me think about that yeah let me bounce this off you because this is something i've been trying to wrap my head around so you need you talking about goals you need to know three pieces of information you need to know where you are that's kind of wisdom right know thyself how much can i squat today and you need to know where you want to go and that can be a specific goal or it can be a, an ambiguous goal. It can be I want to squat 500 pounds or it can be I want to squat more weight than I'm squatting right now. So you have where you are, where you want to go. That's the goal. And then there's the process or the plan that gets you from where you are to where you want to go. So what I've been thinking is that you don't you, – you, you get to decide your goal, right? But you don't really get to decide if, if you – achieve it or not. So that's something that's kind of outside of your control. Like you get to decide that's where I want to go, but you don't get to decide. You don't get to decide if you get it or not. Really. You don't, you also don't really have any control. And this is where it gets complicated. This is where I want your thoughts. You don't really have control. I don't think over where you are. This gets complicated because where you are is a consequence of past actions, past experiences, past decisions. So, and where you are can be, can drastically be taken away from you in a, a car accident, your back spasms on you, it can be gone. So you don't even really have control over that. Of course, you have some influence. So the only thing you really have control over is that process in and of itself that gets you from where you are to where you want to go. Meaning I can't decide, I can't decide how much squat, how much I can squat today. That's completely outside of my control. I don't really get to decide that at all, but if I do, if I'm present in the moment and do what I have to do in this moment, I do have influence over, and that's all I really have control over at all. But if I do that appropriately, it moves me in the direction that I want to move in. Does that make yeah. sense at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it. No, it does. It, it, it does. I, I, I love it. I, um... I think this is one of those areas where we differ slightly in terms of how we think about some things. Not so much, but a little, a little bit. Um, you know, like I think as you're initially talking about and you, you know, you got to in terms of, you know, the really important part is that process. I completely agree. And I kind of think like in my mind, that's all there is. Yeah. Like where like where you are? I don't think we know where we are. Yeah. Like who are we to judge? We don't know where we are. And I know there's different type of things, you know, different opinions. Like I wrote an article like how to know thyself and basically made the case that you don't know yourself. You know, got a lot of comments of people not not liking that. Like that's a tough pill to swallow. But essentially, that's what Socrates is saying. Like, true wisdom begins when you essentially don't know. 
yourself. You don't know others. You don't really know the world around you. Right. Um, so it's like, I don't even think that's like fruitful grounds. Like you don't know your, I guess to a certain extent, but anyway, let's stop there. You don't know yourself in terms of, uh, like where you're going now, you can have a sort of goal, but things like change. Like say if you and I, like we are forced to come up with some sort of 10 year, whatever it is, like you name the thing, <laughs> like, like in two years, that could literally mean nothing to us. I mean, it could just totally change. Right. It's got, I mean, you know, basically like, here's where I want to go. Like at that moment, based on what you know, you know, but yeah. as you move down this river of time, like you change, things change, you know, there's just no telling. So it's like, it's a bit unpredictable. And the same thing, mm. sometimes some people are really persistent, like as a virtue, you think of like persevere, like I want to be a lawyer. You know, and they really persevere and they get into law school and it kind of sucks. They don't enjoy yeah. it, but they, you know, they got some grit to them. They grit it out. They push through, you know, and they become a lawyer. And then they go, you know, now seven years has passed and then they go be a lawyer for five years and they're just absolutely miserable. Hmm. So it's like some of that thing of even perseverance, even if you say like, this is where I want to go. Like sometimes we hold that so tightly that we stick to something where we get new information and should change. That's why I wonder in terms of um, like the Seneca, knowing what port, where it's to a certain extent you're holding that loosely. Like here's the direction, mm. but new information's thing changed, and then it's like it changes to this port, and then you know, and and it's you know there's shifts along the way. You you venture down new paths and stuff but that process is always there like even if you decide to embark on a new path choose a new direction the process is still there like to me like all your focus should really be on that that process because it's so you know i think in a certain way the where you are and who you are can take up a lot of time and be a bit of a distraction, like where you're going for a lot of people that can eat up everything. There's really no more time to, to focus on the process, if you will, which is what we, what we have, and, you know, and you were talking about as you got to the, to the end of that. But I think like we um, might differ slightly, like how does that sit in terms of, we really don't know where we want to go. We really don't know where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I agree. I think, okay, yeah, God, this, oh, I love this conversation so far, man. This is great. Um, the process, I would agree, that is where the fruit is. However, you need input. You need two pieces of information, where you are and where you want to go in order for that process to be effective. So, I would I would agree. <laughs> You're shaking your head. <laughs> yeah. Do you Do you have an example that comes to mind? I'm try, I can't really think of. Oh, okay, so if you have no idea where you are, and you have no idea where you want to go, what are you going to do when you go in the gym? Um. No, that's a good. That's a good point. 
But I can even but get. But I it. don't necessarily. I guess it depends in terms of where you want to go. I mean that, like, in terms of focus, like the process. You know, you're coming up with your routine, workouts, mm-hmm. exercise, about you know, diet, like all sorts of stuff. Like that is right. the process. Like it can end right there, in terms of me. And I think, like, in terms of, uh, for another example of like. The, the virtuous life that we were talking about. Yeah. I think it's the same, the same thing applies. But, but see, okay, well, here, here's a great way of putting it. I think, um, I don't know. I could be completely full of shit here, but anyways, call yeah, me, me out if this is wrong. <laughs> but let's say you're confident in where you want to go. Okay. Whether that's virtue, whether that's a 400 pound back squat. Now you might think, that the process is the same. So let's say you know where you are in terms of, you know, you can currently squat 200 pounds. That's actually not a full analysis of where you are. A full analysis of where you are is not just that your current squat is 200 pounds. It's that your current squat is 200 pounds. And the reason is because your hamstrings are weak. So that Mm. feeds into the plan and that feeds in to the process in and of itself. So it's not even that you can't make progress because you could just hammer on and do – this is what people do like when they uh, – this is why having a coach is so valuable is if you just get a cookie-cutter program, you can make progress. If you get a coach, they're going to know – figure out exactly where you are and then tailor that plan to bring you from where you are to where you want to go. But I'm even going to throw in another level of complexity here because that's just the physical side of it. We also know that there's issues with athletes where it's all mental. They can physically lift the weight. Mm. So if you're oh, looking at point. someone and you're saying, okay, your current squat is 200 pounds. I got a feeling that you can lift actually 225 pounds. Yeah. And it's all mental. What, what, what do you address there? Obviously, you still work on getting them stronger, but you really have to focus on getting over that mental boundary. And that's a real thing. People freeze at certain weights, like 100 pounds, 200 pounds. He's like big or like yeah. two plates, three plates, right? Yeah. And I would call it like in my mind, I consider all of that the process, like strengthening your hamstrings, like process. The, um, and we've we've spoke before. We had uh, a previous conversation about like potential. Hmm. You know, in the Stoics, it's not like you don't necessarily hear that word, but it's they're trying to get you to believe that you're capable, and that and that's a huge thing. Yeah, but that's the process. Like in terms of, like in my mind, and maybe it, maybe it's a bit extreme, maybe it's weird and and not not super helpful, but it's like. In terms of where you are, so if if I'm flowing in this river of time and I'm just moving, you know, in terms of where I am is, you know, it's it's like flying on a plane. Like, well, where are you? <laughs> well, was, you know, well, two minutes later, well, well, now I'm over, <laughs> I'm over Iowa. You know what I mean? It's like it's constantly changing. I'd have to let you know in the beginning, the end. But some of those things of like your mindset, you know, that's a process thing. Like as you're going through the process, meaning like the movement, I'm in there, I'm doing, I'm moving, um, I'm planning, I'm navigating, whether that's virtue, 
like if people want to think about in terms of virtuous acts or um, strength training type of stuff, I think it's the same. It's it's kind of all process. And I think also in the way to address like the other thing of like where are we headed, that's also part of the process of like um, like it's a bit of the direction. Like where do we want to head today? Like you were saying like the 1% better and maybe it's like 0.01% um, like down a particular path, like where are we, you know, I think we've spoke before also about like navigating a, a ship, you know, you're, you're constantly mm. kind of looking at the direction and that's like the navigation thing. That's a process thing. You're, you're moving, you're adjusting, blah, blah, blah. I saw, I don't know. I, I would consider all of that like part of the process in, in my mind. It, so to me, it's, it's part of the process, but it's an input to the process. It, so, so where you yeah. are, and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on the plane thing. But where you are and where you're going, that is information that has to feed into that process. So you mentioned the plane thing. I actually disagree. I think, yeah, I think if someone calls you on the plane, you don't have to know because you're the passenger. But if you're the one steering the plane, <laughs> you do have to know your longitude and latitude, right? So, yeah, and, and I'll also throw another example. If you, but, but you wouldn't ask, though, because it's not necessarily relevant. Like, you know that I'm traveling 500 miles an hour. It wouldn't be really pertinent information for you to be like, where are you right now? But, but, it, is, but it is for the person who wants to bring the plane from A to B. They need to know where A is, and they need to know where B is. And they need to know that if there's a mountain in the way, that they should yeah. probably steer, you know. And that's part of their like process to me that we call right. it, 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 we call it like flying, you know, they're flying that plane or somebody that is sailing a particular ship. Like that is the act of right. yeah. doing that particular thing. Yeah. But see, yeah. And you know, this, this is where, cause see, I, I think I tend to think of things like, um, like nerd to a nerd degree mathematically. Cause I think of it like a I function. Like, like if you have an equation, yeah. You need two pieces of information to define the process. You need where you are and where you're going. Otherwise, like you have no idea because if you don't know where you are, uh so okay, well, let me think about this here. Obviously, if you don't know where you're going, then how you, it's like Seneca's quote, where are you going to steer? Now that could change. I'm not saying these these inputs can't change with time. They do actually they in fact they do change at every increment on that journey unless yeah. you're hopefully unless you're flying a plane because then you know, <laughs> yeah. hopefully you know yeah. hopefully you yeah. know that <laughs> um and i guess like here is my like concern and this is from my own experience of of trying to navigate things so it's like where do we want to go you know you think about like the pilot he's like asking a group of passengers which is kind of like what we are we're like i'm an individual but it feels sometimes like there's four or five four or five of us you know it's like well where do we want to go well like one person in my mind kind of wants to go here and then right. and well there's, and it's like i spent the whole day basically just deciding where i want to be two years from now and like two months from now I'm going to completely forget about it. I have a whole different. So I, <laughs> well, I think yeah. it ends up just being um, maybe 
Which yeah. is kind of what you said, like as you were explaining it, you went through the three and then you were really focused on the process being really important. Yeah. And I kind of agree. And it's like, how do we focus on the process? To me, let go of a little, you know, don't spend a lot of time, you know, like, where am I? Where do I want to be in 10 years? Um, And I'm, I'm sure it's different for everybody, if, you know, whatever works, but you know, it's kind of like, you know, how do you have a bias for action to just like move, like start doing. And then while you're moving, like I, I think of the sailing thing while you're moving and you're adjusting at the same time, you mm-hmm. know, you're making adjustments based on the conditions. That's kind of how we have to do like move, go get in the gym, go move around, go lift heavy things, make adjustments as you go. Not just like sitting, making plans, thinking about, you know, um, I'm not into like the visualizing or manifesting or like vision boards type of thing, like the process. And I'm not saying you are, you know what I mean? But um, it's like, how do we get moving right. towards what whatever it is? Um, but we're all so different in terms of, you know, I, I don't want to well, you know, say that that works for everybody. No, but I just I just think sometimes we we take for granted certain things like even yeah. if you go into the gym Okay, if you go into the gym, you you need to know where you're going. You don't need it to know it concretely. You don't even need to know which sport you want to play. You don't need to know which strength list, but you need to know I want to get healthier. Because if not, you wouldn't even go to the gym. If if your goal was the opposite, you'd just stay at home. So I I think that's vitally important. And then you get into and I keep going back to the gym example because this is what's so interesting because um, the gym is such an interesting thing because you do, for the most part, you can really dissect where you are and you most people kind of know where they want to go. It's easy to set goals in, in, in the physical realm because, you know, you get attracted to something like the squat or something like that. And then you say, okay, I'm going to want to get better at the squat. Even if it's like I want to get better at the squat and then where you are right now, well – we can go into the gym tomorrow, see how much your current max is. And if you get a good coach, they can look at you, maybe run a few tests. They can see if your hamstrings are weak, your quads are weak, your core is weak, whatever. And then we can work on that. Regardless, if you try to make a program for an athlete, but you have no idea where they are, you you can't. So the whole focusing on the process thing, it's not even, you can do that. You can focus on the process, go in and squat your body weight 10 times and then leave. It's not going to be effective. Yeah. And that's also why you need to know where you are because you also need to know where you are because you need to know where you are today in relationship to where you were a month ago. And then you have projection and then you can project, is this process working or not? Probably not working optimally. So you adjust it a little bit, but hopefully it's working a little bit. Yeah. Well, I I completely agree with that. And, and that makes sense. And it's it's very clean – and you know orderly in the way of <laughs> of strength training yeah you know, but is, like yeah. you know if if i come to you and if it's about navigating life and and character and it just becomes messy like in a real hurry and it's it yes. gets very subjective and it gets all sorts of things but like you said in the very beginning the first thing you said was i want to get healthier mm. like that's like a navigation point. 
Like, yeah. You can't really that that is different for everyone. Like your version of healthy is like different than someone else's. So there is some subjective thing in terms of that. It's like the same thing in terms of I want to become more virtuous. You know, I want to live a a flourishing life, like whatever it is. You know, that looks different to to different people, but it's some sort of like to me that's like a direction. It's not yeah. a destination like a port of Seneca's talking about because you can never say that you've ever like completely arrived. Like you might be healthier, you know, um than you were 6 months ago, but like you can still theoretically get healthier or become more virtuous or yeah. maintain it. And in terms of the navigating life thing, it just becomes much like when you say, if I was going to work with you in a day, you could let me know where I'm at, like based mm -hmm. on where I want to go um, in the way of strength training. Like it'd be easy. You know, you could identify like you're weak here, all sorts of stuff. But in terms of if it was like some mentorship thing, man, it would take much more than a day. I'm not saying you couldn't do it, but it's like. You could mentor me for like a, it might take a year to really un, unpack some things potentially. And I could, maybe I'm making it more complicated than it needs to be, but I definitely don't think it's as cut and dry as it is in, you know, the strength training or fitness type of stuff. Okay. Actually, I'm going to push back on that a little bit because you actually gave me some clarity on this. It's really easy. You're right for to do that in a gym situation when you're a beginner when you're an advanced athlete it's yeah. so freaking hard that's what separates like world-class coaches from like yeah S skipper john down at the gym right <laughs> down at the the good life yeah. fitness yeah so and and in that the same sense. way and in the same way i would say if you if you take someone on as a mentor who's really struggling with a lot of things like it's so easy to implement because you have, you have like basically this huge mess and it's like, let's clean up something, literally anything. We can clean up anything and it'll make a yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. I wonder if it's like flipped in the way of like, I get what you're saying as in a beginner strength training, very easy. You know, here's where you are, you know, you go from there. But that person is like a mess. Yeah, mm -hmm. you could do like one thing. Um, but it seems like, on the other hand, like somebody that's like kind of pretty far down the path, like yourself, you've read all sorts of stuff, like you have a basic a lot of prerequisites in terms of how to live type of stuff. Like you have a whole body of knowledge. You might be able to kind of pinpoint where your issues are, where kind of the beginning, like someone is, is it maybe well-read and philosophy and, you know, self-improvement mm -hmm. type of stuff, man, it's like a mess, but it's all kind of interconnected. Yeah. You could maybe do one thing, but it's like a, it's like a web of, all sorts of knots like you know a yeah. thing where it's all sorts of tangled like the garden hose where it's like you know it literally takes a while to untangle um some of these knots and it's i mean i'm not a psychologist and stuff like that I, obviously as you know and, and listeners know but 
it's like difficult stuff. You know, you go to some of the highest yeah. paid like psychologists in the world and, you know, people that are having problems, like it's some complicated stuff. It's not like they just make some changes and do some things and, and, you know, off to flourishing they go. Right. You know? It can, it can be complicated. And that's why there's that, uh, I, who the, who the hell is it named after? But you know, the law where f- first do no harm. Someone comes yeah. to you first do no harm. I can't remember the, the, there's a name on it, but like Hippocratic um, Oath or something. That, that's it, Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I can kind of see that, but I I would also see it on the other end. If you as I would look at it more like this, because we're talking about progress. If you get as you get, let's say more and more virtuous, it becomes much harder for you to become incrementally more virtuous. Yeah, but I think you can identify what. Like as you navigate, you know, Probably, your issues, yeah. like you can, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I don't do it recently, but coaching a lot of different people, I mean, there are some people where it's like, they can kind of coach themselves. They might partner with somebody and there's a conversation and there's questions, but yeah. there's already a general un- awareness. They're easily able to identify what might be the particularly pain point or what might be the root cause of of something right. um where where other people i mean i don't, I don't know though yeah it's uh yeah i don't know uh, i gotta i think it's on the same topic but i gotta ask you this question yeah uh, and it's because i hid my camera when we started this conversation okay. so i could so i could just see you i hope you can see me because <laughs> i didn't even yeah, think about that yeah no i can see you but um there's this button up here that says show self so presumably if i click that i get to see myself again but my question to you eyeball (laughs) yeah it's got like an eyeball there and then it's just like show self yeah my question for you is if you could click a button and see exactly who you are right now everything that's unconscious about yourself even your shadow your but the good sides, the bad sides, the shadow, everything, all that stuff. If you could click mm-hmm. a button and see all of that, even so much as like what everyone else sees when they look at you. Yeah. Would you would you press that button? <laughs> I I think so. And I think you would too. I think I'd like, be shocked. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's kind of um it's even in the terms of um it's like how you think about suffering and difficulty and like whatever it may be, you know, it's all good. Like this is, you know, life's going to deliver, you know, some crap sandwiches and stuff like that. And it's like, it's all good. Um, yeah. I, You're not worried that so. you'd be, I worried I'd go to into like PTSD or something. Like, I mean, everything, like you get to see really yeah. yourself because I, this is what I learned in my conversation with David Alexander, who's a very, very intelligent psychoanalyst, but, um, or psychotherapist. But yeah, he, he, he said that, that you, your ego hides stuff from you. It puts it in the yeah. unconscious because you can't handle it. And so it lets a little bit out at a time so that you can be like, oh shit, that's another part of me that I don't like. But yeah. if it's a little bit, it's enough for you to not fall into a state of depression (laughs) right No, but but i think like honestly like if you 
believe that like you have the underground man in you that there is that you're capable mm. of like the darkest of dark like you kind of already know you know i mean i'm not saying in terms of but like if you really believe that you know, if like examining your own just wretchedness. Now, mm. it, it might be a bitter pill to swallow. And obviously, I don't know. We're, we're just talking hypothetically here and stuff like that of mm. of this uh, button. But it's like, um, I think you would already know. You think? Yeah. What about practically? I, what about all the little daily things that you do that... You're not even thinking about, but it turns out, I don't know, it's, 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 it's rude or people think you're weird or, you know? Yeah. But I think you, you generally think that people think you're weird. Oh God. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. Yeah. I think I, I I'm a very weird, you know, there's some weird stuff. Um, first place my head goes to when I meet someone, it's like, this guy thinks yeah. I'm freaking, freaking yeah. weird. So I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, would that be so shocking? You know? Um, no, but it'd be, it'd be like confirmation, you know? Yeah, it would be, it would be that, that, uh, you know, you think it might be like a nail in the coffin or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> it might be. It might be. It might. Um, but, but I, I think, uh, like I get what David's saying. And I, I agree with that, that we don't like fully, fully understand some things. But I think we have a sense, as weird as that may be, it's like, you know, there is a sense of, it's mm. like, how did you come to the realization that it's like, oh, wait, like underground man. I mean, there could be many people that have read that book and think like oh god like people are messed up you know <laughs> terrible person but, like you read it and, and you're like that's wow, me man that's me <laughs> so like yeah we you know and and i mean i have the same opinion you know we know to a certain extent yes we're maybe trying to do some things to to prevent us from acting that out um you know searching for wisdom but uh, we know to a certain extent, like you, you didn't necessarily read that. And same thing in terms of like the the show that that we spoke about. Like, you know, it's not like oh my god, it's so shocking. Like I'm shocked. Mm. No, it's like yeah, that that kind of feel that feels a little true. <laughs> you know, it feels mm. a little true that we're all you know potentially capable. Like if another human being has done it. But I, I mean, I don't, not everybody, yeah, I really don't know. Everybody's so different. But I'll, I'll tell you, like, a book that I've talked to you about and have probably mentioned on things that's like, you know, the name of, of God is Mercy. Like, Pope Francis's first book, like, uh, 12 years ago or so, talking about forgiveness and the first step, like, examining your own wretchedness. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that makes sense. You yeah. know, examine your own wretchedness. But to others read that, I mean, that sounds just absolutely nuts. So I guess yeah. we're all, I mean, we're all different to a certain extent, but I think we all know, even the people that are maybe not 
hey, I don't necessarily want to examine my own wretchedness. Well, we kind of know there's probably some some there to be examined. That's why we don't want to do it. Yeah, but not, yeah, and I would say wretchedness, but also even just even just things that aren't particularly wretched, but that yeah, I don't know. Like I'm I'm just thinking of uh, the obvious example, like when you're uh, when you're a teenager and stuff, or or and I don't know. You get dumped by your girlfriend, right? Just like, yeah. you know, and then it's like you ask yourself, well, why did she dump me? And like, I don't think most people could handle the answers to that, especially when you're young. Like, you know, for all, all everyone listening, like, could you actually go out to everyone that, that rejected you? Even just like friendships, even if it's not even like a romantic relationship, just like friendships or people and ask them why they rejected you. And if they told you the truth, could you handle it? Even if you knew it was the truth, like even if you knew... Yeah. Oh, she dumped me right after I mentioned that. I don't know. I'm into Dungeons and Dragons. So I got a feeling that it's yeah. probably that. Like, could but, you handle that even though you kind of know? But that's where it gets weird, though, in terms of uh, remember the conversation we had? It was like good and bad and it's like right. all sorts yeah. of weird. and all. So it's like, um, you know, my daughter like hates mushrooms, just like despises them. Like if. If mushrooms had a personality, like they, it wouldn't feel <laughs> good to them. But there's other people. I like mushrooms. You know, it's yeah. like they're fifty percent of the population. You know, you're just not every like no one is everybody's cup of tea, right? But that. it takes wisdom to know that. You know, yeah, yeah. But I think it's like probably some sort of healthy, um, like knowing you're enough. But also, you know, right. there's some sort of self-acceptance thing of uh, like those things that the person might say may be true, but yeah. you have to like accept those and be okay. You know, it's like we all have strengths and weaknesses and, and they're not necessarily strengths and weaknesses, but we all have, you know, this and that and whatever it may be. And just how can you be okay with you know, what is, it's like, you know, some of these things are truth, you know, it's like reality. Right. The, the, the problem is, is that I guess why this hurts so much for people is that if you go back to like, say being dumped by your girlfriend, if you, if you really liked her, like if you were really into her, the more yeah. you're into her, the more that's going to sting. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is, it is hard, but, and I think there's also something to be said about external validation and this gets kind of squirrely. I think a lot of people, when you talk about something like stoicism, but stoics actually didn't say that you shouldn't rely on external validation. They just said it's not going to grant you happiness. It can be an input to wisdom, but at the end of the day, it's not going to make you happy. And I think everyone knows that, you know, it doesn't matter how many fake friends you have. You're never going to be, that's not going to make you happy. That, that kind of comes from within, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't rely on that stuff. That doesn't mean, <laughs> you know, if, uh, I don't know, if your girlfriend dumped you because she didn't like, because you didn't take care of yourself properly or something like that, maybe you should get yourself better. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you still use it as input, but that ultimately that's not going to allow you to flourish. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. We might have to put a to be continued on it right T there. TBC. What's, uh, what's still, uh, what do we need to continue to chat about from today?